0: Thank you, Snapshon. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to open the word with you this uh, Monday morning. Uh, I'd like us to look at Daniel. You can take uh, Daniel in your Bibles. Uh, we have the very first. Um, Chapter and the first verse. The history, the context is given. The context is that the uh, the king of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar has come and seized, besieged Jerusalem, and uh, he's sacking Jerusalem, and uh, he has taken also uh, many of the. Vessels from the temple has been taken, and uh, he actually came to defeat Egypt. He has finished defeating Egypt at Karmish. and on his way back, he's sacking Jerusalem. Uh, his defeat of Egypt is the end of the uh, Egyptian empire as we had known until that time. The superpower Egypt is no more is soundly defeated. And on the way back, as he's returning to Babylon, he begins to attack Jerusalem. And as you know, the best of uh, Israeli children are taken as uh, hostages As prisoners, as slaves, basically, but kept in the royal palace so they could be taught the Babylonian way. So, the number of people taken out of that, we are told of four Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And uh, they are taught their scriptures, their literature, their political laws and uh, their history. In fact, they talked about their god and they even changed their name. They are made to take a new identity. They are giving a new name to them. Completely. Your country is defeated and uh, the greatest empire now is Babylon and the greatest king is Nebuchadnezzar. And he has ordered that one group of young are taken and taken for only purpose of being inculcated with the Babylonian way of life. Babylonian thinking, trying to be made as a Babylonian. Uh, So they could be sent back to Israel or served in the palace. And uh, As you know, these are all kept in the hands of Aspenas, who was the chief of the eunuchs. So these boys also would have been castrated uh, because to be in the palace of the king, uh, uh, that's a necessity. So just enter that context of... Daniel's life. He's from a good family in Israel. Israel is defeated. Jerusalem has been sacked. Temple objects, holy objects have been taken to the idol temple of Babylon, the king's idols. Those vessels, golden vessels, are now in the temple of the pagan god. Most of their families would have been killed, lost their properties, and the best of the best, the young, are now enslaved and taken all the way back to Babylon. Their names changed to pagan gods, God's names. Their full. Culture, everything has changed. It is in this context that we are seeing these four young men and see what God does. There are many various levels in which God is at work. One, God is at when everything is gone, they think it's over, their kingdom has been defeated, the enemy. He's now the strong, not only the strong, he's the strongest of everybody, strongest of the whole world. And uh, for a Hebrew, for a Jew, clean and unclean matter a lot, a lot more than for you and me. For us, clean is just washing of hands. For them, full, there is uncleanness idol I, I you know idolatry uncleanness there's so many ceremonial cleansing of uncleanness that they're born with this and it is in this context that they make the first step they're given food from the king's table which were probably meat that they should not eat according to hebrew custom and Probably cut, slaughtered in a way it should not be slaughtered. And uh, so they deny themselves or offer to idols before being given to them because they're living in a pagan land. In this context, they wisely choose to do something. They choose to avoid all of this and say, I don't, you know, test this in this. And we see them overcoming the others who are at the royal table. Now, they are proving themselves in a very small matter. Small to us, it was probably big for them. That's where they took a stand. But then, on hindsight, if they had not done this, they probably wouldn't have done the later things. See, Here is a group of nobodies in the camp of the most powerful king. And their dream and everything would be, when will our country be restored? When will our country triumph again? When will we see the salvation of Israel, the redemption of Israel? Israel's gone. Israel's a slave nation. A puppet king is there. Imagine, in that context, God is doing something. God gives the dream to the king, and the king has also promptly forgotten it. So he demands that his wise men come and tell him the dream and the interpretation. Interpretation is easier because they could always fudge it, but they are not being given the dream. And he presses, he's saying, if you're not doing it, I'm going to kill you. See what the Chaldeans say. That is the magicians, the wise men that are his counselors. See, he's the greatest empire, greatest king. So his wise men would also be the wisest of them all, from everywhere. And see, in chapter 2, the Chaldeans answered and said to the king, there is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king. In as much as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, they say, nobody tells like this. Tell me the dream and interpretation. Everybody gives a dream and we interpret. Now you're not even giving us the dream. Conjurer or Chaldean. Verse 10 to 10. Moreover, This is the most important. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult. And there is no one else who could declare it to the king except gods. Only gods can declare it to you. Whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Wow, they're hitting the nail on its head. They've been absolutely brutally honest. They're pushing back against the king. But they are actually telling a very important truth. This can only be revealed by the favor of God whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. The wisest of them are honestly saying God is not with us. And this can only be told by someone with whom God dwells. See the setting, the context. They're slaves, strange land. Think that it's all lost. Everything is lost. Their dreams, everything. Their family dreams, future dreams. Everything is lost. And here, the crisis that happens to Nebuchadnezzar is not a crisis that just accidentally happened. Heaven orchestrates those dreams and makes sure that. The king forgets, but there is a remnant memory, uh, you know, uh, you know, a remnant memory or a disturbance of a memory. So he wants to know that dream and interpretation. God sets the stage and see what happens. And so the king has ordered everybody to be killed, all the wise men. Daniel went it, goes in and pleads, and then they pray. And then in verse 19, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. That there is a song. He goes in. He makes known. And we, that, that is about the statue. And that the head is Nebuchadnezzar. The gold. And then, 46. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel, gave orders to present him an offering and a fragment incense. The king answered Daniel and said, surely your God is a God of gods. It's still your God, okay? Remember that. Uh, uh, Hold on to that. Your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries since we have been since you have been able to reveal this mystery, you, you've you been given this. Your God is the God of gods. These guys gods are not gods. That's what he's saying. Your God is a God of gods. But still, they still have some God. But your God is the God of gods, which is their God. Your God is the supreme God. I mean, that's what he's saying. Then, the stage is again set higher. The king out of his pride sets up his statue, his statue, the three boys refuse, Shadrach Mesha Gabad And the question to him is 15, 315, the end of 315. But if you do not worship, you will be immediately cast into the midst of furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hand? What God is there? I have not seen that in any country. I am defeated. So, they persist. They don't worship. They rescue. And see what happens. In verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach Meshach Abednego language changes. What God? Your God. God of Shadrath. Meshat Abed Nido. What is he saying there? All other gods have failed. I know your God that is with you. God of Shadrath. God of Shadrath Meshat Abed Nido. Completely the language in this. Basically saying, I need this God. I also come to this God. I don't know this God in any other way except you, God of Shadrach, me shut up with me. And then what follows is actually an acknowledgement, actually a hymn, a worship song. See. Chapter 4, 1, Nebuchadnezzar, King to all people, nations and men of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High has done for me. Where? By rescuing these people out of my hands. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. He's worshipping God. He's calling this God, God of Shatran, God of Mesha, God of Omnipnego. Similarly with Daniel, we have another event, another dream of a tree and then interpretation given again. He gives praise. He's sent away from the palace in his pride. And then he again writes a song. A song. And he sends it to all people. And then he dies. His time is over. Then his son comes. Belshazzar. There's a writing on the wall. In his later years. And then Daniel interprets. And uh, then his kingdom is over. Darius comes. Darius gets to know Daniel. And then the wise other wise men are scheming because Darius is planning to promote him even higher than the three. There are three now trying to raise him up. And so they set up a law that nobody should worship anybody else except Darius. Daniel does it, stays on his knees. And he also lets himself be so bold that he's not doing it in private, openly with the doors and windows open. Then Darius is forced to throw him into the lion's den. Now one note I want to say this is around the 80th year of Daniel. He's not a young man being thrown into the lion's den. He's around 80, more than 80, probably between 80 and 86. Because he came when he was around 10. Now it's been 70 years. And see, here even Darius tells your God will be constantly serve. That means I still have my God, right? Your God, my God, will himself deliver you. Then he survives. Lions' mouths are shut. Let's see what he does. 25, chapter 6, 25. Then Darius, the king, wrote to all the peoples, nations and men of every language. He's writing it to the whole world. Who are living in all the land May your peace abound. I have a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. God of Daniel. See, and then he writes a song again. For he is a living God, enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which should not be destroyed. This is another king saying what exactly Nebuchadnezzar said and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? What I'm saying, see, nobody's kept themselves pure. Their fear of God was much more than fear of man, even the king. And God tested them and then promotes them. And see, and they thought their country was defeated. But here, what you're seeing, the country's head is now worshipping God. Nebuchadnezzar worships God. Darius worships God. And then later, Cyrus comes. very next, Cyrus the Persian comes. And Cyrus actually not only lets them Free sends back Israelites back to Jerusalem. He gives money to build. He funds the rebuilding of the temple. Complete turnaround from what was to now. How did it happen? Faithfulness of four young men who kept themselves pure and they feared God more than others. They didn't have a big army. They didn't beat Babylon with power and armed might. They stood before God. God placed them in the right place. Gave Christ for the leaders, for which nobody could answer. Only those with whom God dwells. Emmanuel. See, the best of the world is saying, God is not with us. Only the wise who, with whom God dwells can do this. You and I have huge advantage. Emmanuel, God with us. Even in the workplace this month, this week, today, those around you are saying, this is impossible. Only those with whom God dwells can do this. You and I are privileged to proclaim Emmanuel. is not a theology. It's not a teaching. It's not a doctrine is an experience, a daily experience, a continuous experience. So I want to place this, what God does when few are available radically, completely give to their purity, give themselves to keeping themselves clean, holy, no compromise, and see what happens. God uses them to impact the very leaders who defeated them, who ruled them. So, I think God's strategies are different, very different from our strategies. We would have thought, oh, these young men were needed to fight and take back, or maybe they they should kill the leaders there in the palace. Thought would have come. Thought would have definitely come. But see what they did. Obeyed God in their little things. And God did a major turnaround. They couldn't have changed the hearts of the king. Even if they had fought, they would have made that king's heart harder and more angrier towards uh, Israel, towards the Jews, towards Jerusalem. But see how God strategizes. God doesn't make them violent. God doesn't make them an army, head of an army. God quietly, through a crisis for which they have no solution, God changes the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. Not once, not twice, but thrice. In three crisis situations. And then again, Belshazzar, his son, again, Darius against Cyrus. Four kingdoms that Daniel served from around the age of 10, early teens to mid 80s, 70 years. A turnaround, a kingdom that went and captured and ransacked Jerusalem and that I, the holy vessels. 70 years later, Cyrus sends back the holy vessels. Sends back Israelites. Sends, Sends them back with gold and money. And wood and everything needed. All authority to rebuild. Your ways and my ways are different. Very different from the ways of God. So, even where you are today, I don't know where you are, what you're facing. Don't give up. Be faithful in today. Don't compromise. Stand up for God. You will see God delivering you again and again and again. And through that, you will also see the hearts of those against you, those above you, transformed changed and even acknowledging God as their God. Your God becomes God of Daniel, God of Shadra, God of Meshach, God of Abednego. There is no other God. This is only God. The kings are writing this to all the world. The greatest kings, greatest king proclaiming to all the world there is one God. There is one God here. No priest, no evangelist, no proclaimer, no communicator, no no theologian could have done that. Four faithful, ordinary Jewish boys would not come from this. So, I want to challenge you. You and I in this end season of human history are concerned with where the world is going. The whole world is crazy. The way way it's acting out. The way it seems to be. The sun is setting and war and rumors of war. Violence and rumors of violence. Pandemics. Shortages. Riots. Human unrest. Distress. Violence of heart. Violence of mind. Violence of hands. In the midst of it, things we can't control. They were in the midst of that, things which they could not control. In the midst of that, they were faithful in things which they could control, which was their eating habits, their praying habits. They did not compromise. Their worship, their worship was to to their Yahweh alone. To none of they did not bow their head, bow their knees. No compromise. Joseph, same thing. No compromise. No compromise. God lifted him to the very top, right next to Pharaoh, to rule entire Egypt, at a season, to help the entire world. All through the Bible, people who are faithful in what is given to them, not in what is not in their hands, what is in their hands, God uses. So may faithfulness, non-compromise, uncompromising decisions be made in your life and my life every day. May we not be afraid. May we take a position strongly and boldly against corruption, against every kind of evil. God will use you. God will surprise you. Eyes of Daniel saw. The redemption of israel the one for which he was praying day and night his eyes saw the redemption of israel what an amazing audience i have the privilege of god with us it's a huge advantage huge advantage enter into it every day we are ahead of the rest by unthinkable ways unthinkable distances. What is not revealed to others is revealed to you That's a privilege of God with us. The world is saying that. We don't even say that. The world is saying that. Grab grab it. Enter into that level of serving God, walking with God. God with me. God with me, man with, is a daily experience small things, in big things. In matters of the heart, matters of the mind, matters of money, matters of decisions, matters of work, matters of family, matters of health. God with me. Amen. God with us. Shall we pray? Father God, seek you this morning. Thank you that you have assured us of your presence that you give it joyfully to us. It's not something we have to go on fast for days to receive. It is something given to us. That's your nature, Lord, with us. Not abandoning us. Never alone. In the darkest of seasons, we are never alone. Go with us. Thank you. Thank you. May these, your children... See you at work in their lives, in their work, in their ministries, in their homes, in their marriages, in their health, in their finances, in their employments, in their relationships, in their court cases, in their bank dealings, whatever the dealings may be, the crisis may be, the others around them, say, God of this person. God of, may move from your God to God of Daniel, God of Shadra, God of Mesha, God of Abednego. May that be our heritage, O oh great King. Thank you for teaching us through life of Daniel and his brothers. In Jesus' name.